right, ladies and gentlemen, it's your Uncle Jimmy coming to you from the Rock and Roll Garage, bringing you Grease to Wheels, your automotive technician podcast, yeah, typically weekly. Typically. Hey, how y'all doing out there? I hope you're doing well. Hope the cold isn't kicking your ass. It's actually kicking everybody else's ass where I'm at, except yours truly, because I'm from the north, and they say, oh, it's so cold. It's so bitter cold. It's in the 20s fuck bitter cold ain't in the 20s bitter cold is when there's a single fucking digit for a temperature okay uh where i'm at they're just absolutely insane about the cold it's like ridiculous to somebody from the north anyway hey uh putting all that aside though moving down to the south eh, it's not such a bad gig they need help down here real fucking bad and they're willing to pay all right just so you know just like, oh, in the taxes? Yeah, there aren't any. <laughs> no, there's some, but uh, not as many as where you might be. All right. Listen, before I get too far, I want to say thank you to everybody out there who is uh, working on stuff and fixing stuff. Thank you very much. Regardless of what you're fixing, dude, if you're listening and you have uh, labored to make somebody else's fucking machines work, this is a thank you directed directly at you. Thanks for what you do, man. Uh, and, and I appreciate, uh, whoever is keeping the lights on and, uh, the heat going. Cause it is, it is a little chilly, even for somebody from the fucking great white North here in the, uh, the, the land of the Lone Star. Okay. So I want to, want to, uh, bring you a podcast this week and I wanted to make it about something that I am very intimate with and it's anger. Yep. I want to talk about anger. And, uh, what I wanted to do is call this particular podcast, Twist and shout, because that's usually what happens to your Uncle Jimmy. I twist something, it strips, and then I fucking shout like a motherfucker. One of the things I want to say before I do, before I go off on this subject, and I'm going to kind of reference a couple of articles. I've kind of got to want to get some information from some people who allegedly know things. <laughs> Listen, I want to talk to you about anger, though, because uh, I think it's misunderstood, and there's ways to deal with it, and there's reasons why you're angry. Now, I have... Uh, I have uh, quite a few things where I work that are making me angry and some people just don't seem to either see what's going on or know what's going on or fucking care. I can't under I can't understand which one it is uh because I'm trying to do a job but I am being uh wedged into a, a fucking closet and I, I don't really appreciate it and so eventually uh something's going to happen and the uh, first thing that's going to happen before uh I come to the final conflict is there's going to be a lot of anger there will probably be some shouting and some screaming going on, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes it, it just doesn't help uh, at all, and it actually reinforces some people's opinions of, uh, you know, it helps to reinforce the opinions that they have actually already come up with. Uh, and I, I kind of don't want to do that, really, because I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of people know me, and even some of you out there who don't know me might think that I'm just an angry bastard all the time. And it's just simply not fucking true. There's times when I'm asleep. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not fucking typically angry when I'm asleep, although sometimes I wake up angry and uh, sometimes I'm uh, I'm I'm in a good mood. There's a lot of times there's actually a lot of fucking times that I'm in a good mood. And uh, although none of you would know anything about that, about that, I'm usually in a good mood when nobody's fucking around. And that's probably why I'm in a good mood. Um, but what I did want to say to you is that you you should not deny anger you should not squelch it you should not push it down you should definitely not internalize it don't however uh and this is just a tip from your uncle jimmy if you live with other people don't bring it home with you 
I mean, if you're going to bring it home and lay it out on the table for your wife, if she's cool with it or, you know, whoever's at home, whether it's a wife or a husband, I know this, there's a lot of ladies working in this business now, and I applaud all of you. Uh, but, you know, I think that this thing about getting angry and the idea of getting angry and the things that go on that make you angry are universal in this particular job, in this particular genre of occupation. What I find is that a lot of the things that make me angry or make all of you angry is just the complete and horrible and utter mistreatment that we suffer at the hands of the people we work for and the people who are supposed to work with us. And sometimes, sometimes, but honestly, rarely the customers, okay, because the and as I said before, the customers, they have an excuse. They just don't know what the fuck they're doing and they don't know anything about cars. And so they have to kind of trust you. And sometimes, and and this isn't your fault either. Uh, sometimes they feel it's just really too expensive to bring a car to a mechanic and get it fixed. Okay. Because in lots of cases, they have to bring it to a shop where the shop owner or the shop manager or the people who, who run those shops or even the dealerships, they're the one getting, they're the ones getting all of the money spent for repair and it's a fucking lot it's a lot of money and they're only slicing you off a very small portion of it to fix these people's cars which you have to remember they're paying fucking buku dinero to get their car fixed even though you're not seeing it so really it's up to us to uh help uh help alleviate the customer's anger by doing the best we can all right. Now, a lot of times, and, and I've, I've, I think we've all suffered from this, a lot of times people put artificial barriers in your way to keep you from fixing a car or repairing a car or even diagnosing it correctly. I, I've seen it. They don't give you all of the information, even though the customer may have conveyed that information to the service advisor. Sometimes the uh, car porters park them somewhere where you know, you have no fucking idea where they are and they don't write a, a parking space number or any kind of description of where the fucking car is. So you got to spend, you know, five, 10, sometimes 15 and 20 minutes outside in foul weather sometimes looking for the fucking car. They could certainly uh, help to uh, alleviate some anger by fucking writing down where the fuck it is. Also, too, there's parts departments. I know a lot of the parts departments out there have employees in them that you, some of you technicians, do absolute, honest to God, hand-to-hand physical combat with to get the fucking parts you need. I, I know it's happening. I've seen it. Uh, I've never really been a part of it. I, I My background in parts doesn't allow me to actually roll in and start berating these people and kicking their ass and, and calling them names and pushing them around and trying to get them fired or anything like that. I'm not going to do that, you know. My my anger subsides when I look at these guys and I see myself, uh, a vision of myself on the other side of the counter trying to do the job and not enjoying a whole hell of a lot of success for one reason or another. So I'm not one of these people who goes to war with parts personnel in the parts department, but I know a lot of you are. And I think a lot of you are actually overcome with anger and frustration with the parts department. And I, I wish I was, I honestly, and I mean this sincerely, I wish there was something I could do to help you out with that. I've, I've offered up many tips on how to deal with the parts department, but uh, when it comes right down to it, there's a, uh, Sometimes there's some very unusual personalities back there. Sometimes there's some people back there with no personality or, or evil personalities or just, just, just mean motherfuckers back there. And if you come in and you give them any kind of shit whatsoever, you are definitely not going to get the right parts or any parts at all for that matter. So anger is not something that you could use to your advantage to deal with uh, the people in a parts department. I think sometimes anger is a, is a good tool to use to get through to a service 
service advisor because really all you're asking them for is information. You're not asking them for something uh, something tangible, something that you can put your hands on, something you can install in a car. You're just looking for information. And all of it, please, don't hold out on me, you fucks. Jesus Christ. Can't tell you how many times I get a, and I know this uh, this happens to all of you. I know for a fact that it happens to all of you. You get an RO and the, the customer comes in and they explain that they've got a noise and they tell the service advisor, well, it's coming from here and it sounds like this and it only happens this time and it never happens that time and you got to get the car warm and you got to get, or the car's got to be cold or whatever. You know, they give them all the information they need and then the customer, write, and then the service advisor writes down, oh, the vehicle has a noise. Never mind all the fucking information that they could possibly provide you with. No, fuck you. You know, they're not going to give you that. That makes me angry, especially when I go back. Oh, the guy said this. And I go, why the fuck didn't you tell me? Or why didn't you write it down at least, you fucking asshole? Fucking asshole. You see, it's not. And that's the thing with, with being angry. It's, it doesn't take much sometimes. And I know that, you know, when you have a, a, a an occupation like this one where you're in charge of solving problems and people are just piling up problems in your fucking way. One of the ways you want to solve them is with violence. And, uh, you know, as your Uncle Jimmy, as somebody who's looking out for you and trying to help you out, I cannot condone violence. I can't condone it. I can't say it's ever going to fix anything because really, honestly, it's not. But, you know, the idea of taking some ignorant son of a bitch out back and just punching him until he's either fucking dead or in a coma or just completely catatonic, at least, that it just it just feels good to even just think about it, okay? And and, and, I, and you can't, nobody can really get you in trouble for thinking about it, you know? You, you just close your eyes and you think, God, I would just love to fucking grab this prick by the fucking throat and punch him until his head just disappeared, you know? Just punch him until he's gone you know like four to five thousand fucking times and you know what being a problem solver as a technician and you got a guy you're having a problem with and you punch him until he's dead guess what you have actually solved the problem and you're not going to have to worry about where to live or what to eat or what to do all day long anymore because you're probably being fucking jail and if you do that shit down here in texas where i'm at they'll just fucking put some electrodes on your nipples and fry you up They'll just fucking kill you. They don't have a problem with that, which is kind of weird because they have a big, huge problem with abortion. But hey, you know, once the, once that baby's born, fuck him. If he murders somebody, we'll kill him in a fucking New York fucking minute. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's kind of a hypocritical, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, we want the baby to live. But you know what? Once they're an adult, fuck them. They one wrong move and they're fucking goners. What I wanted to do, though, is, is kind of try to give you some tips or maybe some hints whatever, on how to avoid the old uh, twist and shout, you know. And uh, and for me, the twist and shout is when I'm trying to, to tighten something up or put a bolt in somewhere and it either won't go in or it starts to strip. And I think a lot of you who have experience that might listen to this podcast, you know, you could tell right away when that, when that bolt starts to catch a thread and it kind of cocks to the side, you're like, oh, you little motherfucker. You're not stripping on me today. I can't even tell you how many times I've said that over the course of the last few months. You know, you go to put a bolt in it for some reason. It's just not lined up perfectly, and it starts to go sideways on you. And you're like, oh, you fucking little cocksucker. And then you pull it out, and the first thread's fucking wasted. So you get the tap and die kit out, and you straighten it out, and you line the motherfucker up. And then you get that son of a bitch in there, and then you're tightening it up, and you're tightening it up, and you're typing it up, and the torque on that bolt's like 30 newton meters, and you've got a fucking four-foot breaker bar out, and you're tightening it to about 300 newton meters. You're like, there, motherfucker, strip on me now, cocksucker. 
as you can see, your Uncle Jimmy doesn't have any problem getting angry, okay? And you know what? When people say, oh, you need anger management, I say, listen up, motherfucker. I managed to get angry without any fucking help from anyone, so shut the fuck up. I don't need to hear that shit, all right? All right, let me get into this here, okay? And, and this is something, it starts right off the bat pissing me off. I mean it literally, it starts right off the bat pissing me right the fuck off. This is, wait for it, 11 anger management strategies to help you calm down. No, no, no. Not 10, not 12, 11. Like 11 divides by nothing. It's like, look. You're really fucking with me here, okay? Couldn't make it 10. No, oh, I had to make it 11. Oh, we forgot one. All right, let me just get... Sorry, it's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those podcasts where uh, anger spews out of your Uncle Jimmy and some of you will laugh at him. And All right, here's what this says. I'm just going to broad stroke this because, uh, you know, I don't want to sit here and read you the whole fucking thing like fucking Curious George or some shit. All right, uh, number one on their list here because they didn't even number them. It's like, oh, there's 11 of them, but you know what? You're just going to have to remember where you are. Fuck you. Uh, the number one thing here, this, I guess you would call it number one. Number one, identify triggers, okay? Well, it says here too, if you've gotten into the habit of losing your temper, yes, take stock of things that trigger your anger. Well, let me see. What things trigger my angers? People doing stupid shit around me, check. People being fucking retarded around me. Well, that's the same thing. So let's just ch let's just ch chop that down. We'll just say people doing stupid things. That's really my my number one trigger. People doing things to piss me off on purpose. That'll trigger me. What else triggers me? Oh, people who sit at a stoplight looking at their phone when the light's fucking green. That's a trigger. Uh, people who drive too slow. That's kind of a trigger. And then I've said this before, and I think maybe some of you have heard it before as well. I am an, an ex actually an extraordinarily patient person. Really. Extra I, I think it's extraordinary. I have kind of taught myself how to be patient in the past by waiting for things. I mean, Christ almighty, I was 42 years old before I lost my virginity. I waited a long fucking time. I am patient. I'm, I'm very patient. That actually wasn't when it happened. I was 43. Uh, <laughs> I can be very, I can, this is the truth. Okay, seriously, no anger, all the anger aside. Your Uncle Jimmy can be a very patient human being except for one thing when i have a steering wheel in my hand get the fuck out of my way seriously uh you know, we didn't invent the automobile so that we could lollygag down the highway okay we invented the car we invented the automobile because we wanted to get somewhere faster than you could if you rode a fucking horse and for the most part, most people do drive faster than a horse can run. But then there's some people out there, usually with fucking liberal stickers all over the back of their fucking cars. Ugh, I have to drive the speed limit. I go, the speed limit, really, seriously. The speed limits are a suggestion, okay? I mean, I can remember going down the road. I was probably going like 110, got pulled over and said, didn't you see the speed limit? I go, yeah, but that's not the speed limit of my car. Oh, okay. And then I got a, I had to tell the judge what I had told the cop. So. So that didn't work out that well, you know, getting lessons from those folks in the black and whites. Uh, I never did like that, you know, and I, and I was a speeder, man. I always wanted to go fast everywhere I went. And then when I moved to Texas, I was like, whoa, man, you people got this fucking dicked. I mean, literally the highway will say, oh, speed limit 75. Nah, uh, uh, uh. you going 75? You can watch a world drive right fucking by you. They are fucking cruising, okay? Get the fuck out of my way. That's all you really got to do. Identify your triggers. I know what my triggers are. I just, there's certain things I don't like. You know, when people, when people do things 
that caused me to not be able to uh, uh, do all the work I could possibly do at work, you know. Here's what else it goes on to say. It says, while you shouldn't blame people or external circumstances for your inability to keep your cool. Now, wait a goddamn second here, okay? Listen, if I got if I had a job where I didn't have to work around other people and I didn't have external circumstances that were pissing me off, I could keep my fucking cool just fine, okay? I don't get angry all by myself. I might get angry at something. That happens all the time, actually. If I'm working on a car and, like I said, a bolt starts to strip or I drop something for, like, the fucking 30th fucking time, yeah, I'm going to get kind of pissed off. But I'm not going to get angry and stay angry and lose my cool. I'm just going to go, son of a bitch, and pick that shit up, you know? Uh, I have a lot of things uh, going on uh, during the day, and one of the things that just it really does rocket me off is, is gravity. You know, it's like, seriously... You could be holding something in your hand and you go to put it in the other hand for whatever reason. And instead it goes right straight down to the floor. It's like, what the fuck is up with gravity? It is holding absolutely everything fucking down. It's like, Jesus Christ, I can't handle it. And I drop a lot of shit, man. I drop a lot of shit and that, that does kind of set me off, but it's an inanimate thing. It's not something that's tangible. It's not something that can be testify or or go call somebody and say, oh, this is this is gravity calling. That guy's getting angry with me again. It's just not happening. So I'm going to identify one of my triggers is stupid people and gravity. Basically, that's it. Guess what? Nothing I can do about either one of those. Uh, th what's the next step here? It says, consider whether your anger is helpful or unhelpful. Well, what kind of a situation would you have to be in where your anger is helpful? Well, I suppose, and this is just me, talking out my asshole. If you're in a situation where somebody's going to try to attack you or hurt you or rob you possibly, and, and it angers you and you get angry and you get yourself worked up, you may just avoid having somebody do some kind of damage to you, having somebody rob you or rape you, or if you're angry, because a lot of times when you're angry, it's very aggressive. At least, at least for your Uncle Jimmy, it looks aggressive. And people want to run away from him. So if somebody tried to rob me, and it, it would just piss me off. And then I would get... I would have a rush of adrenaline and then I would I would probably ball up my fist and I might even attack that person if somebody tried to rob me. I can't I can't tell you what would happen in that situation. I might run away and cry like a baby and curl up in a fucking prenatal position. I don't I don't have any idea. I don't think so. I am after all a type A kind of a aggressive alpha male type personality. But, you know, I I mean I can't predict how I'll behave in a situation like that because I've never been in one like that. But is anger helpful in that situation? It certainly could be if it drives off somebody trying to attack you or, or may, you know, have some sort of criminal activity going on that you're not uh, a willing participant in, okay? Uh, is it unhelpful? I think it's unhelpful in a lot of ways that you might not think. Uh, let's say you're working with somebody, uh, you're working in the same building or in the same shop, in our case, maybe in the bay next to you, and you get angry all the time, just like your Uncle Jimmy does, and uh, they decide they don't like it because it can be intimidating, and then a lot of people uh, clam up sometimes when I get angry, and I realize that, and so I try to try to keep it on the DL, but it doesn't always happen, and there's other times where I get angry, and sometimes 
people laugh at me, and I don't understand that at all. <laughs> but it has happened actually quite a fucking bit. And uh, like I said, I, I don't understand why it's funny. But there's a whole lot of shit I don't understand, uh, and 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 I can't you know do anything about it. And and getting angry is really the only release that I have. And my thing is, and this just works for me, and you can certainly do whatever you would like with a situation that causes you to be angry. But uh, in my case, I like to get angry right in the moment. And then typically, I get right over it. Now, I have a lot of people have accused me of being an angry man. And uh, like I said, I don't really think that that's true. I don't think that's a fair assessment, especially if you were to ever meet some of the members of my family, if you were able to go back a few years in time when my father was alive, you would see a man who could get, I've never seen anybody get that angry. He, and it, usually it was at me. And and quite frankly, I deserved it. I mean, I was kind of a destructive kid, even though I didn't mean to be destructive. It just ended up that way. It's like, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I just worked out that way. But uh, he used to turn colors that don't exist in nature. I mean, I, I've seen he's gone, he, he would go from from red to orange to burnt orange to umbra. Uh, it's just, uh, what is I'm, not, I'm probably not even saying it right, and Eric's probably laughing. Oh, he meant to say, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's right either. He's probably laughing going, oh, I got to cut that out. He's going to look like a fucking retard. He doesn't know what the, what the darkest colors of red are. He would turn colors of red, though, that were just ridiculous. Ridiculous, and I swear to God, you could hear the sweat on his forehead sizzling as it burned off. I mean, I'm telling you, you could fucking cook a hot dog on that guy's head, and he and he only ever got mad at me. Like I was the only one in a house with fucking four other siblings. I was the only one who ever broke anything ever, which is definitely not fucking true. I was, however, always blamed for it. So. Uh, I had the distinct pleasure of being the black sheep in my family. And you know what? Uh, I wear it loud and proud and fuck them all. <laughs> uh, and then I got a brother who uh, walking in the fucking footpaths of my father can also get uh, extremely outrageously upset and angry. And uh, the likes of which I, I can't, I can't match. Uh, I, I, I'm a lightweight. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fucking triple A pitcher. And and he's a, a major league uh, all star as far as <laughs> as far as when it comes to getting angry. Okay, uh, for me, I think I understand what getting angry is all about. It's like, look, if if you're going to get angry, go ahead and get angry. It's okay. It's a human emotion. I think it's okay for all of you. But listen, I think the best advice I could give you as somebody who is always angry, according to uh, people I know, is to get over it. Okay, get over it. Get mad, get over it. And sometimes getting over it isn't easy either because if the situation continues, I've got some situations at work that, that go on and uh, it doesn't look like there's any kind of uh, solution to some of these situations. Then, uh, you know, uh, you can get angry about it and then you can find something to do about it. And that's one of the other things that is actually helpful about anger Anger can, can trigger you to have to make a change in what you're doing. It can cause you to, to figure out a different course of action. And maybe, because after all this is Grease the Wheels, the podcast, you could certainly grease your wheels and get the fuck out of Dodge if you're in a fucking bad situation and things are going on that piss you off every fucking day. You could certainly fucking put the resume out there and make a change. Couldn't even say it. Put, 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 put the resume out there. Go ahead. No, seriously, 
Uh, if you're somewhere that just, you know, if you go to work and you're angry when you get there and you're angry while you're there and you're angry when you leave and you and you feel just emotionally drained and, and you can't really make any headway and it's tough to make money and and it's tough to even get along with the people that work there because of, of what they want you to do or what they don't want you to do, even in some cases, then by all means, update your resume, put down all the experience and the training that you have on that resume, all the things that you can do. Okay, if you've added skills or whatever, make, update those and put those out there. Because I'm telling you, folks, here comes the weekly grease the wheels mantra. There is a, an absolute unbelievable shortage of technicians, and it is getting worse and is going to continue to get worse because the people we work for continue to do stupid fucking shit and piss us all off. And anger is one of the things that puts us out the door. It's one of the things that puts us out there in the job market. And and maybe it puts us back out there after we get into a place. Because sometimes, man, I, I hate to tell you this, sometimes you get lied to. People say, oh, this is a great place to work. And then you get there and you're like, no, this place sucks. Now, nowadays, a lot of people have a lot of different jobs. And, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why. You go from one place to another. They tell you it's going to be better. It's fucking not. They lied to you. Or they just don't know how bad your last place was. And maybe your last place was better than this place. And, and that's happened to your Uncle Jimmy, too. I've worked in a lot of different shops doing a lot of different things, by the way. And I've had some of them that were great experiences. And I've had some that were just god-awful. God-awful. And I've had some that were in between. And I had some that wrote ratchet back and forth between being great and being terrible in the same fucking day it's just it's weird because and there's things that'll set you off there's things that'll trigger you and there's things that won't trigger you and then the next day they're fucking flip-flop and the things that didn't trigger you the day before now suddenly fucking piss you off make you turn red and pee your pants and want to stomp up and down and spit on people and and destroy things and and it's not that's not helpful at all okay so you're gonna have to figure out how to use your anger and make it helpful for you. And if, if you can't and it's unhelpful, then maybe you, maybe you need to go. Maybe you need to get out. Maybe you need to find another job. It's a perfectly acceptable thing to do. Uh, what I do want to say to you, though, however, is, uh, and this, this is something that I've had to put up with, actually. Uh, some people have, like I said before, some people have this thing, this notion in, in their mind that my reputation is that I'm an angry guy. I'm not. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, me telling you three and four fucking times in this podcast, I'm not an angry guy. And then demonstrating angry, uh, behavior. It doesn't help my, uh, it doesn't help my point. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't help my position whatsoever to say I'm not angry. And then all of a sudden turn around and be angry. You understand how that works. <laughs> you have to kind of, you know, it, it, here's the thing too. You have to, you know, if you are, if you are somebody who is angry occasionally, uh, that's probably all they're going to remember. It's terrible, and uh, it, it's not something that's good. Now, uh, as far as the violence goes, if you get angry and you're violent, that's a whole nother, that's a horse of a different color, boys and girls. You really can't, you know, you can be angry all you want. And don't put your hands on anybody. Uh, just don't do that because then that's, that's a whole different classification of angry. That's criminal anger, and you don't want that. You don't need that, and you certainly don't want other people to believe that you're a violent person, okay? It's not cool. It's not good. I know I talk about an awful lot on here, and and, and the, the honest to God's truth is that I'm not a violent person whatsoever. I, I can't remember the last time I punched somebody or even slapped somebody. Uh, it's been a very, very, very long time, and it may have been just in jest, 
uh, may not have been an anger and it may not have been, uh, you know, necessary. And maybe it wasn't even done uh, to hurt somebody. It might have just been done to kind of say, hey, what the fuck? You know, seriously. All right. Here's a they go on here. This is number three. Recognize your warning signs. My, <laughs> my recognize your warning signs. Danger ahead, you know, kind of thing. If there's things that make you angry and you can recognize the warning signs of these things being in your general vicinity, whether there are certain people or certain situations or honestly, uh, some certain jobs, okay? Because after all, we're technicians. There's certain jobs you may absolutely not want to fucking do, and they make you angry to have to do them. Uh, you want to recognize these signs and, and possibly try to avoid them if possible. I mean, that just makes sense, right? You know, you got somebody you don't like, and they walk by you every day and kind of say something sh- snarky to you or something, you know, on the schneid, and you just want to trip them up and force their face into a fucking toilet and and give him a swirly you know here again with the violence but seriously you you've got to recognize that this guy or this person it could be a girl you know that is just trying to get on your shit and maybe you want to avoid them and maybe maybe they go out of their way to get you angry because they're are fucking people like that there are a lot of people like that out there who like to fucking take a stick and poke you in the cage knowing that you can't lash out at them and i think that those people need to be careful because especially if you're if you're gonna fucking poke people through a cage in texas remember a lot of people in texas are fucking armed and if they get a good lawyer they could probably fucking shoot you kill you and fucking get away with it so fucking take it easy me if you're pissing people off on purpose knock that shit the fuck off do you have time for that shit really i mean you're busy trying to fix all these fucking cars that are out there you don't need shit from people and if people are giving you shit tell them to stop giving you shit or it's not going to end well i've said that a few times to people and each and every time it seems like i'm correct it doesn't end well uh one of my warning signs is again it's gravity when stuff i can't hang on to stuff or stuff falls off or something or when magnets oh my god this is one of the things that pisses me off more than anything magnets they're supposed to stick to ferrous metals right well every once in a while it seems like they take a fucking break and, you know, you got a magnet that's holding a bolt or a screw or something. You're trying to put it in. And the screw just says, yeah, watch this. I'm going down. I'm going down. And the magnet says, do it, do it, do it. Jump, jump, jump. And the next thing you know, that fucking screw is on the floor. And I'm out of my fucking mind with rage. It's like, you son of a fucking bitch. I did not give you permission to go on the fucking floor. God damn it. And then I'll follow it up. If it's done it more than once, I'll follow it up with a stop fucking doing that and then hopefully hopefully depending on the situation and what i'm working on and how long it's i've been working on it and whether or not i got enough sleep that fucking day or if i'm hungry or not i might cool down i might not i'm gonna tell you i tell you something seriously i i really and i mean it, it might even sound like a joke but i really fucking hate gravity it fucking blows I mean, I can't, I can't transfer a half a dozen screws from one hand to the other without put, without having gravity grab one of them and say, "Watch this! This is gonna piss them off." It's like this is one of my warning signs that there's gravity on this fucking planet. You know, I wish sincerely that we had the the gravity level that they have on the moon. It's one sixth of the gravity here on earth and you know what you you drop something in one six gravity it just sort of gently floats towards the floor and even the slowest son of a bitch namely your uncle jimmy could grab that thing before it actually hits the fucking floor 
That would be fucking great, wouldn't it? Uh, and you know what I would weigh if if we had one sixth of gravity? I would probably only weigh like 30 fucking pounds. And I'd be like, hey, man, I'm just going to eat everything I want. Uh, I think some crazy things would happen on this planet, and I'm not even sure uh, the physics of it at all. Uh, I know that water wouldn't want to stay in the ocean. It'd be like, hey, one-sixth of the gravity. Watch this. I'm going up. You know. All right, so recognize your warning signs. Gravity's pretty much permanent. That's one of my warning signs, okay? Uh, here's here's the next step, and, and it's, it is a step. It says, step away from the triggering situation. Yeah, walk away. Now, I can't walk away from, from I can't walk away from gravity. Uh, if, if, if I could, then I wouldn't need to walk at all. I could just float away, but, uh, gravity's got me pretty well tied down. Uh, here's what it says here real quick. Trying to win an argument or sticking it out in an unhealthy situation will only fuel your anger. Dow true. You know, if, if you're wrong and even if you're right, sometimes, honestly, uh, and you have to argue with somebody or you're trying to get something through to somebody or trying to, you know, articulate something and they're just either not listening or they're declaring that you're wrong or something. Yeah, this could be a triggering situation for a lot of people, especially if you just have like a healthy ego, really, because you want to be right. I think everybody wants to be right. And some of us, like myself, know that we're not always right. And uh, lately, it seems like I'm never right. So, you know, you got that to deal with. But it doesn't make me angry. Um, it probably could if it caused a situation where uh, being stupid was not productive or useful in any way, shape, or form. All right. So this is something that you want to stay away from is just be careful with what you're doing. If you're working on anything, really boats, trains, planes, automobiles, whatever it is, if it has, you know, if it does a job and it's not a human, then it's a machine and you want to be careful how you deal with it. Some machines are very unforgiving. And, uh, you know what, here's another thing you have to remember. And I kid about being upset about gravity and uh you know sometimes i talk to inanimate objects as if they're alive and can understand me and sometimes it even seems that they actually do but they really don't so uh getting upset with inanimate objects now i you would think oh that's just stupid why would you do that well i'll tell you why because when you get upset and cranky with people and you you maybe even lash out at them verbally uh, maybe you berate them, whatever it is you do, or maybe you just insult them or you, you know, maybe even threaten them, which you shouldn't do, okay? Because the HR department will tell you that if you threaten somebody, it's the same as beating them up. You know, if you threaten to beat them up, it's just like beating them up and we can't have that, so you gotta go, you know? So you definitely wanna be careful with what you say to people. And uh, what I do is I really literally try to avoid talking to people altogether if I can. I mean, you know, you people are okay. Trust me, if you're out there with a wrench and a screwdriver on a daily basis, putting the screws to something, making it work again, you're okay in my book, okay? But there are people who will come around and try to fuck you up and fuck you over. And you have to kind of be, you have to play it cool around them. Don't let them trigger you. Don't let them get in under your skin, okay? Don't let them fuck with you, all right? And if you if you feel like, you know, you want to get violent and, and just have it out with them. Just remember, it's probably going to cost you your job. There's not a single place in the world that I can think of other than like an MMA uh, ring or a boxing ring where you can actually punch people or knee them in the balls or anything like that and get away with it and still have a fucking job. You're going to lose every fucking 
time. So if you here again, if you have something that sets you off, somebody somebody says something to you, somebody calls you a name, somebody infers something about you, maybe they say something about your mom, that's always a good one. Or or anything that they do, maybe they just look at you funny and it triggers you. You have to just get the fuck away from it. GTFO baby, get the fuck out. And if if the if it's a situation where they're there every fucking day just pissing you off, you got to figure out whether or not you can tolerate it. And if you can't, you can certainly update the res and uh, and put yourself out there, okay? Uh, the next step, I think it's probably six. I don't know. I lost count. They're not numbered. So what the fuck? There's 11 of them anyway. And all you have to do is, uh, you know, figure out that I'll be done in a minute. So uh, talking through your feelings. I don't know about that one so much. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I'm on here talking to you guys about this, right? Is that helping me? Not really. I mean, I can vent. I, and there's a lot of things I do to vent. Uh, typically, like the vent when something happens. I don't like to vent here on you guys. You guys get enough of that shit, I would think. You know, listening to some old bastard like me sitting behind a microphone somewhere in a fucking world in a garage, he calls the rock and roll garage, venting about the things that are going wrong in his life. Well, that doesn't really make me feel better about mine. Jesus Christ, I wish that guy would just shut the fuck up and quit doing his podcast. <laughs> Not going to happen, Charlie. Talk through your feelings. Sure, you could certainly do that. You got somebody who's uh, receptive, somebody who's a good listener. I would say, this is just some opi- uh, the, the opinion of your Uncle Jimmy here, don't bring it home and talk through your feelings. And the only reason I say this is because if you do this an awful lot, you're going to be home alone. You know, you got a wife at home, maybe you got a girlfriend, maybe you got a boyfriend, whatever it is you have at home. They'll listen for a while and then after a while it just becomes white noise and and then it's just like being a teacher on uh in a charlie brown cartoon like you're just not hearing it you know and then of course the people who are trying to tell you what their what their feelings are or talking about what made them angry after a while they get angry that you're not listening to them anymore so don't don't do that to the people in your life don't do that to your significant other to your concubine whatever you want to call them just don't do it. But find somebody at work who will listen, maybe. That that would work a little bit better. I got to say, and I'm not blowing my own horn, I'd like to think I'm a pretty good listener. There are times when I would prefer to be a, a talker. Yeah, okay. So I started this podcast. And, yeah. Well, that's part of it. I mean, you know, I got to I got to come on here and talk to talk to you people, and you had to listen because there's no other way for us to interact, right? But uh, talking through your feelings. Find somebody who's sympathetic to your situation. Maybe maybe you got some friends at work. That's always cool. And you could certainly talk to them. But you know what, too? And, and this is another thing, is that certainly they should listen to you, but you're going to need to listen to them as well because there's things that upset them, too. You know, you have to be, it can't be selfish in this. Can't it, Just talking through your feelings is not something that you're going to want to do with somebody who's selfish because what they're going to do is they're not going to listen to you and then they're going to start telling you what pisses them off and they're not going to give a fuck what pisses you off because they couldn't wait for you to shut up until so they could start telling you what pisses them off. And you got to remember that probably 98.9% of the human beings on this planet are going to do exactly that. A lot of times when people are talking, people who are listening are just trying to figure out what they're going to say next. And they're not really fucking listening to you. Uh, you probably heard that before. It's a, it's a well-known adage. Uh, seriously, to have somebody listen to you, you need to, on the other end, be a good listener. And that's not easy, man. That that kind of sucks because your brain starts to ratchet all over the place. You start wondering what you're going to have for dinner. And, you know, you're going to start to wonder about things that, that don't have anything to do with what this guy's talking about. And, and eventually they'll they'll 
phrase something in the form of a question like, oh, do you know what I mean? And you'd be like, oh, shit, that was a question. Fuck. Or just say, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> when you weren't listening whatsoever, you were thinking about what you're going to have for dinner or whether or not you're going to grab the old lady's boobs when you get home or you're going to pet the dog or whatever you're going to do when you get home. Uh, you, you weren't thinking and they, they were talking to you and, and now you have to kind of fake sincerity, which is kind of a double negative. Yeah, talk through. If you got somebody you can talk to, that's great. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, honestly, if you're a very, very, very angry person, you may want to find somebody to talk to professionally about that because there may be some roots deep down in your brain, in your cranium, in your hippocampus, which I always thought was a great name for a brain, that needs to kind of be uh, worked out and uh, dug up and uh, exposed to the sunlight and dealt with eventually and or finally. Really? Professional? Hey, man, it's not a big deal anymore, okay? We used to think that anyone who went to a shrink was kind of crazy and we wanted to stay away from them. Now we know that everybody really kind of gets that shit every once in a while. Everybody. And uh, maybe you need to talk to somebody about it. Probably be better to talk to a professional better than the fucking hairy, greasy ape in the bay next to you. That might work better. Who knows? Get uh, Here's what the next one is. I think this is probably seven. Get in a quick workout. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Okay, well, you certainly can if you'd like. If you have a workout regime and it, and it kind of de-stresses you, that's great. I think that that's great. And if that's the way it is for you, absolutely get to go ahead and do that. It says here, anger gives you a rush of energy. No fucking shit, really? Holy shit. Well, I tell you what, you can do whatever you want with the energy, but really if you've got a way to work that energy off or to kind of, you know, run, the, you know, get the edge dulled off of that, and then maybe maybe that's good. And if it's if it's working out or walking or running or riding a bike or hitting a gym or whatever it is, sure, it can that could be a good way to burn off the excess energy that anger sort of sticks in your head. Uh, here it says one of the best anger management exercises is quite literally to exercise. Uh, okay, yeah, if you've got a way to uh, kind of round off the energy. Uh, of of anger because it's not a really a good energy if you've got a way to to kind of work it out whether it's going outside and punching walls or trying to chop down a tree with your fingernails or something ridiculous like that then feel free to go ahead and do that it is america we're in america it's america after all and you're allowed to do stupid shit if you want and if it helps you uh get over uh being angry and and, and soothes your soul a little bit then more power to you okay uh just try not to wreck stuff that isn't yours i found out a long time ago people hate it when you wreck their shit so i mostly just wreck my own shit now and uh, it works out great for me i mean i might go ah, i wish i hadn't wrecked that but you know what i feel a lot better so fuck it uh we're gonna move on here the next one is focus on the facts okay and here's this is something else and as your uncle jimmy i suffer from this sometimes i don't get all the information i need to make the proper judgment to make the proper call on anything yeah so here i am a a great big flaming angry asshole who hasn't gotten all the fucking all the facts and he hasn't gotten all the facts straight and he finds out oh oh that's how it is not the other way okay because the other way if something went something was going to work out the other way that was going to piss me off but this is a lot better that's happened to me a few times you get mad about something and then you find out that that's not really what's going on that's happened to me i'm sure it's happened to a lot of other people out there i'm sure they're also not going to uh they're not going to own up to it that's one of the things that that people don't do uh, and it, it doesn't make me angry, but it is kind of uh, sad and odd is that they can't 
genuinely look at themselves in the mirror and say, wow, you uh, you did some great work today, but you fucked this up. We typically do not remember our failures whatsoever. We put them right out of our mind and they disappear and they, they just, they're, they're, they never happened. But everything that we did that was good and, and showed and showed and proved that we were smart and good at what we do, man, we remember all of that, all of that shit. So focus on the good stuff too. That's what I should say here. Focus on the facts. Yeah. Get, you know, maybe, maybe you find out that something isn't the way you thought it was. Somebody said something was supposed to be one way and they didn't know what the fuck they were talking about and it ended up being the other way and you were fine with it the other way, but not the way that that guy said it was going to be in the first place. That sucks. You don't want that. Uh, here's something else that goes on to say here when it says focus on the facts. You might also develop a mantra that you can repeat to drown out the thoughts that fuel your anger saying, I'm okay, stay calm, I'm okay, stay calm. And sometimes that's a little scary. That's a little scary. Of course, you can make it comically scary like I do. When somebody comes up to me and pisses me off, I just kind of mutter to myself, don't kill him, don't kill him, don't kill him, don't kill him. You promised the judge you wouldn't kill again. Don't kill him, don't kill him. And if they don't leave, they're either laughing or, I don't know, they're looking for an exit. Or rubbing their waistband where their gun is. You don't want to do that. You don't want to have them do that. Here's uh, here's the next step here. I think we're at, uh, oh, see, oh, there's a whole bunch here. So, okay, that's 11, that's 10, 9. This is number 8. Number 8 is distract yourself with a new activity. Sure, uh, you could, you know, whatever it is you're doing that makes you mad, stop fucking doing it and do something different. Why the fuck not, right? The best way to calm down might be to change the channel in your brain. Yeah, there's no channels in my brain, okay? It's porn, 24-7, 365. The knob is ripped off. It's not. I can't turn it off. I can't turn it off, man. Uh, yeah, really, seriously, try to do something different. You know, if somebody's, you know, if you're trying to fix a car and somebody comes along and they're pissing you off, go in the house, wait for them to leave. Or maybe tell them to leave. And if they don't leave, then, well, you know, you make them leave. Because sometimes, and here's what it says here, tell, sometimes telling yourself don't think about that isn't always successful. Right. So uh, put yourself in a different place, find yourself, find something else to think about, something else to concentrate, something good maybe, okay? Because a lot of times being angry is a real negative thing. It can be. It certainly can be. Um, and if you're not good at getting over it like your Uncle Jimmy is, you're going to want to kind of change the uh, situation. Maybe ask for a redeal, you know, shuffle the cards and deal that round at cards again and start over with a, with something new, okay? You can certainly do that. The next thing on the list, and this is number nine, it looks like, uh, breathe and relax. Well, yeah, you know, you got to breathe. So take a deep one because it does, it changes everything. When you breathe deeply, you get a little more oxygen. Your brain starts to open up and say, Jesus Christ, what are you fucking mad about now? And just try to relax. And it's very difficult to relax when you're angry because it's the absolute 100% opposite of relaxing. You're angry. And sometimes if people come to you, oh, just take it easy. Calm down and relax. It's like, listen, if you fucking tell me that one more fucking time, that could be one of the things that pisses you off, right? Okay. Yeah, breathe and relax. I mean, that's as simple as it gets, really. Just stop. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Try to relax. Try to forget about it. Try to make it go away. Open your eyes and see it's still fucking there. Next step, I didn't really understand too much, and uh, I wanted to read into it a little bit here. It says, acknowledge. Sometimes it helps to take a moment and think about what emotions might be lurking beneath your anger. Well, for, at least for your Uncle Jimmy, there's anger lurking beneath the anger. It's layered. There's like a cake, man. There's like fucking four layers to it with no frosting in the middle either. Yeah, um, sometimes people get angry because they have other things going on. 
that isn't really what's going on with me. Uh, but it may be with you if, if, if you're experiencing some hardship in your life in whatever, you know, whatever it's, whether it's your home life, whether it's somebody at home or some people at home or kids, wife, dogs, parents, grandparents, whatever, or a fellow employee, whatever. Sometimes anger is an acknowledgement that there's something going on there that you can't control. There's maybe a whole nother emotion that you haven't considered and anger is often covering that up. It masks it. It masks it like masking paper, masking tape. You just, it's there to, your anger is there to cover up the fact that you might be, you know, embarrassed or sad or disappointed or just upset with something else even. Try to figure out what it is that's upsetting you. And and there's and like I said earlier, there's no real problem. There's no real, there's nothing wrong let me put it that way instead. There's nothing wrong with seeking professional help. And we used to kind of say it to each other in a joking manner. Something would go on, something would happen. Usually we were drinking a lot and somebody would say something crazy and we would just be, dude, seriously, seek professional help. <laughs> but it, it's not funny anymore. It really isn't. You know, it's like, look, if you got problems, let's find you somebody who can help you with them. It might not be us, your friends. We might even be the fucking cause of your problems. Who knows? Uh, but you're going to want to try to find out, get to the root of what is really the cause of anger. Because anger sometimes grows out of the ground where the ground has been fertilized with all sorts of different other emotions, and many of which are probably not so good. Uh, here's one of the things that they've they've said. This, is the, this is, must be the number 11 thing because I'm pretty sure this is the end of the list. Uh, what they have said here, and, and I, I got to say, I was looking at this and I thought, ah, it's not the worst idea I ever heard. Uh, they say here that this is, I think it's number 11, create a calm down kit. Well, and what they're talking about is uh, think uh, putting together some things, and these are external, uh, tangible, physical objects that may enable you to uh, change the way you feel change your emotional state, allow you to calm down. Such as, I mean, I mean, it's, and it could be ridiculous from, you know, like gems and stones of some sort or hand lotion, pictures of a serene landscape or, or maybe a, a spiritual passage, as it says here, or maybe even just some fucking candy. I think that that would probably work for your Uncle Jimmy just because uh, he, um, fucking sweet hound. Anything that really, like, brings you back to, a more neutral state, you could create a, a kit of this. And some of us can do it internally. And I think that one of the things that happens to your Uncle Jimmy anyway is that when he gets angry, he has like an internal calm down kit that allows him to just kind of get over it and get back to a, a more creative and productive type of a type of an attitude instead of being angry and pissed off. Uh, sometimes that does involve some throwing of tools. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to say I don't do it, but I just throw them at the toolbox. They're going to end up there anyway. So also to it, it occasionally encompasses punching stuff. Uh, I used to do that a lot more than I do now. You should see the top of my snappy toolbox. It is dented like the surface of the moon and every single one of those dents is from my fist. And I'm not making that up even a little bit. In a rage, I could I could punch through a wall and it won't hurt for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, I don't get into those rages very often anymore. But it still does happen occasionally. There are some things 
that go on where I work that are not right and, and nobody's doing anything about it. It appears that nobody's paying attention and it pisses me off and makes me angry. And there really isn't all that much I can do about it except for plan my, my eventual uh, departure, you know? And then I think that you can do the same thing too. I think that sometimes telling yourself to, that you got to get the fuck out is part of a calm down kit. Really, seriously, instead of getting yourself all twisted and, and shouting, uh, invent, invent something either in your head or something physical and tangible that will help you calm down. I wanted to kind of add a little bit more to this, okay, because I didn't want to make this too short. I, I usually murder this whole concept of doing a podcast with like hours and hours of uh, of, of, uh, of nonsense, really. Sometimes what comes out the microphone it doesn't make me mad to do that. Uh, what I found, I found another article that tells of the pros and cons of being an auto mechanic. And I kind of wanted to uh, tie these two together, okay? Because there are reasons why all of us do it. There are reasons why all of us are auto mechanics. And I don't think any one of us is doing it strictly and solely for the money because there's so many other things you can do for money. And I think that there's a lot of other things you could do and make a lot more money. But in some cases, some of us, such as myself, we make a pretty good living. So uh, at least in my case, I am doing it, eh, I'd say probably a good 75% uh, of of what I do and why I do it is because of the money. The rest of it is some passion that I have for the, you know, I say some, uh, this passion that I have for the job and, and the empathy I have for my customers. And, and so that, it, that's one of the things that gets me through. And, and when I get angry, I try to remember that that's what's going on. I have to, I have to look after the customer's vehicle. I want to make it right for them. That's one of the things I want to do. I want to feel useful. I want to feel helpful. I want to feel important. Uh, and then the feeling important is one of the things that, uh, we all, I think all of us, we kind of lose out on where I think a lot of times we are, uh, treated in such a manner that eh, we're just, it's implied that we're not very important. Now, as far as the pros and cons of being an auto mechanic, I just want to comment on these all a little bit. Uh, number one, like I said, provide a helpful service. Yes. There, I'll tell you what, seriously, folks, if you're an auto mechanic, you're in a very small percentage of people on this planet. I mean, that, I mean, that honestly and literally, okay, because I, I believe that 90 to 95% of the people on this planet who own an automobile don't know a single fucking thing about it. They don't know anything about it. And I would say out of that 95, uh, 95% of people who own a car, that a good 75% of them think they know more about that car than they really fucking do. So you've got some you've got some people out there and and then here's the thing too 95% of people in this country have a car don't know anything about how it works and they don't need to they don't need to they're not mechanically smart they're not smart with their automobiles they're not smart about things that go on with their personal transportation devices but they may be smart in other ways maybe i use the word may they may be they may be raging fucking idiots but uh, for the most part, I think a lot of people have a lot of knowledge that they have and that they use. And some people are even supremely talented at one line of work or another or one, you know, genre of uh, of the arts of some sort, just to kind of throw that out there. You have people who are outstanding human beings and smart, but they still don't know a fucking thing about their cars. And the thing is, they have to, they, and we we talked about this before. And and we we this is one of the things that, that you and I have to have a large amount of empathy for is that people feel vulnerable, extraordinarily vulnerable when their cars don't work 
don't work right or don't work at all. And then they have to turn to us, the auto mechanic, to put them to make everything right again. And they don't like that. That, that makes them more vulnerable than they care to be. And they'll, they're going to lash out at you. They're going to lash out at you and they're going to lash out at the shop. And in a lot of cases, as the mechanic, as a technician who's out there fixing their fucking problems, some of which they cause, it's not us that is causing them to feel vulnerable and to feel like they're being used. After all, I mean, if you look at the labor rate, the door labor rate, and then you look at the rate that we make, we're not the ones getting rich. We're not the ones getting rich. The shop or the dealership is the one that's collecting the funds for the repairs that we performed, and they're slicing this off a very small percentage of that money to pay us, and they're walking out of there all fat and happy with your money. Hopefully, in all cases, any money's paid to a dealership or a shop for repairs, those repairs are done 100%, and that's the number one thing here, provide a helpful service, okay? Anger doesn't really have anything to do with that at all. All right, you have to you have to have a clear vision of why you do what you do. And if you don't, well, then that certainly could make you angry. There's no question about that. And if you feel like you're stuck, that can add to it. And I think, honestly, this is just my opinion. I don't have any facts or figures on this. I think a lot of mechanics feel like they're stuck being auto mechanics because they feel like there's nothing else that they can do. And boys and girls, I got to tell you, if you have that feeling, you could not be more wrong. You could not be more wrong. There are a million fucking jobs out there that you are qualified to do because one of the things you do and you then that you would excel at is that you solve problems. And that's like literally 90 fucking percent of all of the jobs out there. I mean, every single fucking job out there, identifying the problem and then solving it. And there's a lot of people who can't do it. Most of them aren't successful auto mechanics that's for sure but there's a lot of people who can't do it and the people who can do it such as yourself and myself actually we can solve problems no matter what the fuck those problems are and that is a very 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 lucrative skill to have and if you can demonstrate to somebody that you know how to find answers and fix things mechanically physically or verbally even Man, you could you can do a million other fucking jobs. So just start to look around, open up your mind, and start thinking about it, okay? But either way, almost no matter what you do, you're going to have to provide a helpful service. Number two, uh, it says here, steady work hours. This is one of the pros of being a mechanic. Well, I got to say, steady work hours, uh, you could take that both ways. And it doesn't work in one way, and the other way it does work. You could be a nine-to-five technician. That would be great. That would be great. Except for what I'm finding in my experience is that most shops want you to put in nine, 10 hours, you know, a half hour or an hour for lunch. And so it ends up being seven to five. And they think, I I swear to God, they think you can't count because that ends up being nine hours a day instead of eight. And I'm not for that. And that's nine hours with an hour for lunch, for fuck's sake. Steady work hours. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of shops have obviously a set work schedule. Uh, one of the one of the things that, that this whole steady work hours thing does not mention is that they almost always want you to fucking work Saturdays. Saturdays are not for working on other people's cars. They're for working on my own, you prick. Oh, man, I can't tell you how much I hate working Saturdays. What a bunch of fucking horseshit that is. And yet every fucking little cocksucker with a problem with their car wants to work 9 to 5 Monday through Friday, and then go and take their car to the repair shop on Saturday. Oh, God, that's the only day I can do it. 
Yeah, well, Saturday was the only day I could see my kids or was the only day I could go to a ball game or was the only day I could do what I want to fucking do. Now I got to do that shit on Sunday, you fucking dick. Yeah, steady work hours could be a problem in some cases if it involves fucking Saturdays. Jesus Christ. Here's another thing, too. Steady work hours? Yeah, are you are they selling enough work? Do they, they write enough work and sell enough work to actually make hours? You know, which read, i.e., is time, which is what you sell. That's the commodity that you have, right, as a mechanic. Your commodity is time. Yeah, and if you got advisors who don't sell and, you know, the cars you're getting are junk, there's nothing steady about that shit. Yeah, I kind of have some. And then there's, a, there's definitely some anger issues there when we talk about steady work hours as far as turning hours. Because uh, what I find is is that in every opportunity, the shops that I work for try to find a way to fuck you. You know, the MPI, they're not paying you for that. The video, they're not paying you for that. There's a whole bunch of fucking shit they want you to do, and they're just not going to fucking pay you for that. And it's like, well, I'm just not going to fucking work here anymore. How about that shit, you fucking cheap cocksuckers? Maybe there is a little anger issue going on there with the whole steady work hours thing. How about number three, different opportunities available? Well, yes, there are, okay, because there is a fucking million places to work as an auto mechanic. Are any of them any good? I'd say a good 90% of them just basically suck. You might find one place where the guy who runs it or the guy who owns it or the guy who's in charge of it knows the score. Maybe he was a technician at one time. So he knows that there's certain things he doesn't want to really fucking try to do to you. There's certain things that he should not do to you unless he doesn't want you to work there anymore. But if he does want you to work there, then he knows because he's been there that he's going to have to make you feel like an important part of the business or else you're just going to look for a different opportunity. And believe me, folks, here it comes once again. The opportunities out there for technicians is it, it's it's infinite. It is infinite. There is a drastic shortage of technicians. Please just get out there and look. You don't have to accept the job. You don't even have to be nice to the person who calls you. Say, what the fuck do you want? I'm calling you about a job. Yeah, we'll take that job and shove it up your ass and then just hang right up on them. You can literally do that. You they'll call you back. Well, you know we need somebody who has your your attitude to come in here and kick ass and take names and run roughshod over the fucking lazy ass technicians I have now. Well, go fuck yourself. It's kind of like in that movie Ted, where the guy, the Ted the Ted the talking teddy bear is talking to the guy who manages the store and he tells him all kinds of shit that would normally not get anybody a job. Yet this guy keeps going. Well, that's the kind of attitude we need. <laughs> Oh, shit. Who knows, man? There are, like I said, there's a shortage. There are a lot of different opportunities available out there. You can work on anything, anything. You're a problem solver. What the fuck? Having trouble at work? Don't like where you work? Get a look at what the hell else is going on, okay? Number four, it says, piggybacking on that one, long-term job prospects. Well, that's right, because there are Really, there are kids getting into this field. There's no question about that. I know we just hired a pallet of them in our place. There are going to be a, there's going to be a shortage of technicians for a long fucking time because it's a job that nobody wants to do. Nobody really wants to do it. And those people out there who are doing it or at least attempting to do it or trying to do it or putting in, you know, an effort to try to do it, eh, 
odds are two years, they're fucking finished. They're out. They got a better job. How's that not possible? And also, too, they're making more money doing something else. It's like, what the fuck? No wonder there's a shortage, really. No wonder there's a shortage. Number five here, it says tangible results. Yes, well, when somebody brings you a car and it doesn't run and you make it run, those are tangible results. And those actually uh, situations where you have stuff like that. Those are the reasons that I do the job. Okay, I like to take shit that doesn't work and fucking fix it. That's as simple as it is. Sure, I have empathy for my customers and I have empathy for my fellow employees and I like to help them out. And sometimes some of the stuff is difficult to fix. And a lot of times lately I'm finding too is that the manufacturer built the car in such a jackass halfway manner that it's difficult to fix. It must have been easy to build it that way, but it certainly wasn't easy to fix. And so it's harder to get those tangible results, but then once you do your hard work, it feels like it pays off. At least for me, it does. Especially if I get, if I go in and I do a job and I make sure that it's absolutely 100% done correctly and completely and it works the way it's supposed to, I just feel a sense of accomplishment that really keeps me going. And there are fucking days, I, I know you have these days too, there are days when I can't even screw the cap on my toothpaste without cross-threading it. And I just want to go back into bed because I know that the rest of the day is going to be exactly like that. And usually it's fucking Monday, man, because by Tuesday I'm in the swing of things and everything starts to go smoothly for me. But Mondays, I don't know. I just feel like if I ever lose a limb, a finger or a limb or a leg, it's going to be a Monday. I just know it. But usually I get really, and I mean this true honestly too, usually I get excellent results. I usually get very tangible results. I usually don't get angry. I do sometimes. I can't lie. Uh, so that's one of the things that makes a job very uh, a good job, at least for a guy like me who enjoys getting the job done right. All right, but here's the cons, okay? And when we talk about getting angry, this is some of the things that nobody ever considers when they're talking to you as a technician about what you do and how fucking hard it is and how much money you owe, by the way, do not fucking make, okay? Number one, it's physical, physical labor. Man, it requires it requires using your hands, your back, your elbows, your legs, your feet, your head, your brain, your mouth sometimes, even your nose and your eyes. We talked about all of that shit before. Hey, man, it's a fucking very physical job. I am on my feet eight, nine, ten hours a day. I am not taking a break. I have to bend over to do some shit. Sometimes I get bent over. Uh, I have to lift stuff up. I have to pull stuff down. I have to kick stuff. I have to knee stuff. I have to get in and out of cars. That's kind of physical in some cases. You know what I'm talking about if you work on those cars that I do. Jesus Christ. And then there's having to deal with the fact that your diet is shitty and that you're in bad, you're in bad health to begin with. So there's a lot of, there are a lot of tools. I will say this as far as the physical labor goes. Uh, and, and boys and girls, you should definitely partake of the tools that make your job easier, especially tools that lift shit, pallet jacks, forklifts, engine cranes. Don't let the, don't be picking up stuff that weighs too much. It'll hurt you and it'll hurt you for a long time. And you may not even be able to do the job anymore after that. Okay. Number two, and this is a con. Okay. Potential salary and benefits, man, this, I'm just going to tell you this job in a lot of cases doesn't pay shit and it's all because it's all because of the greed of the owners 
and the managers and the accountants at these fucking places where you work. They want to make absolutely as much money as they possibly can. They they want to pay you as little as they possibly can to maximize their profits. Is that any way to run a real fucking business? It's not. And I'll tell you something. If they could get away with it, they would pay you minimum wage. If you let them get away with it, they would certainly fucking do that. But you can't let them get away with it. Let me tell you something right now. Any of you sons of bitches out there that are listening that has a tool set and even a modicum of skills and maybe even a a couple of two, three months of experience, don't let these fuckers push you around. Don't let them offer you a salary that is bullshit. Don't accept a salary that is bullshit. And if they do try to shove a salary that is bullshit down your fucking throat, tell them to go fuck off and die and go work somewhere else. And when they fucking piss you off, and they don't want to pay you, and they don't want to give you a raise, you tell them to fuck off too. There's that many fucking jobs out there, boys and girls. There is that many. And for every job out there, there's a lazy cocksucker who doesn't want to pay you to do it. So listen, get your pay, get your benefits. If they don't want to cough up, fucking put them in the rearview mirror, baby. Grease the fucking wheels. I am not kidding you about this. There is a, the, the shortage is real, and it's excruciating. And these fucking greedy bastards who run these shops and own these shops and manage these shops, they're going to have to fucking fork over. And I don't give a rat's ass about their utilities. I don't give a rat's ass about their mortgage, their rent, the fucking health code violations or the OSHA violations. I don't care about any of that stuff. You got to pay me. You're not going to make a nickel if I ain't working here, okay? All right, that's one. Of, that's number two as far as the, uh, the cons of this business. Number three is... Uh, High responsibility, it says. What they mean here when they talk about high responsibility is like, like, look, you fix the car. If it ain't fixed right, it's your fucking fault. And so you're responsible for a lot of cars. And really, technically, technically, you're married to all of them. You fix a car and it fucks up later, it could be your fault. In the customer's mind, I'm sure he thinks it's your fault. And even if he brought it into your service advisor, your service advisor would say, probably the technician's a piece of shit. You know, who did it? Oh, yeah, that guy. That guy, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, they may may not say so much, but they probably think it. And maybe in some cases they might even say it, you know. And then if things were working the way they're supposed to, you would get that car back and you would have to make it right. That is if, of course, if it is actually something that you did. We've talked about this before a million fucking times. You know, a customer comes in and they've got a a fucking check engine light. Dude, Christ, there's five to 10,000, maybe even more reasons why a check engine light could come on. And it's all strictly because your car is making too much pollution. Does the customer know that? Fuck no. Can you even explain it to them? Probably not. The check engine light comes on. They don't know what that means. All they know is that it's the same fucking light that was on last time. So it's got to be the same fucking thing. And it's got to be on because you didn't fucking fix it right. And you know what? 50% of the time, it probably is on because you didn't fix it right. So get it right. Get it done right the first time. God damn it. But if it's not something that you did, you're still not going to be able to convince them it wasn't you. Maybe they just keep leaving the gas cap loose. Excuse me. Go get treated for carpal tunnel. Learn how to tighten a gas cap. Use your left hand. What the fuck? Figure it out. How many times am I going to have to clear a check engine light for P0442? Because you can't tighten a gas cap worth a fuck. That's not my fucking fault. Am I responsible for fixing it? Yeah, well, if you want, you could pay me $90 an hour to fucking hang out in your car. And every time you got to put gas in it, I make sure the cap's tight. Why the fuck not? Got, got a spare 90 grand laying around? Sure, we could do that. Number four, this was just a real short list, and your Uncle Jimmy's going to put himself to bed here. Number four of cons 
of being an auto mechanic, lack of transferable skills. Now, I don't, I'm not buying that shit. I'm not buying that shit at all. If you learn, if you're a mechanic and you learn about the physics of electricity and electrical circuits and wiring and fuses and resistors and all that shit that goes into making a, a fucking electrical system in a car work, if you know about pressure and temperature differential which makes the heaters the heater system work and the air conditioning system work and uh what the fuck else the brake system work sure you've really pretty much got a good fucking grip on why nothing works you know you could roll in you know you learn how to an air uh, an automobile air conditioner works guess what a home or a business air conditioner works the same fucking way it just has different components in different places but they all do the same fucking thing they take heat from one place, they move it to the other place. How do they do that? By boiling refrigerant. Holy shit, what a fucking concept, right? Electricity, sure. House might have 110 volts. So, you still got to have power and ground. <laughs> you know, if a switch doesn't work, a switch doesn't work, man. You know how a switch, you know how a switch is supposed to work. I just think that as an auto mechanic and and someone who has practiced using his problem-solving skills could easily easily transition into a lot, a lot, a lot of other jobs. There might be a small learning curve there. There might be a huge learning curve. It doesn't even really matter what it is. I believe you can do it. There's, I've known several, several technicians who have left the business because it sucks basically. And now they either do HVAC work and they're happier than pigs and shit, or maybe building maintenance. Sure. You could do that. Could you fix anything? Well, welcome to the plant management. You know, I mean, that's what those guys do. You know, you kind of figure out how something works. Go in and fucking tackle that fucker. You know, you'll learn right away. If you don't, yeah, you might hurt yourself, but you'll learn, won't you? All right, yeah. Uh, as far as lack of transferable skills, I, I don't really, like I said, I don't really buy that. I don't buy that. Uh, mechanics have to be so well-versed in so many different, different real honest-to-God uh, genres of physics and electricity and all that stuff that they can relate those skills to a lot of, lot of, lot of other positions. And quite frankly, I would like to see you do it. I would, because you know what's going to happen? Let's say you're a mechanic, you work in a shop, you have to be there at seven and they want you to work till five and and there's always more to do and, and people are always complaining that you make too much money and and that they don't make enough money and then the customers have to pay and they, you know, they, they come back and sometimes they're jerk offs and assholes and, you know, they you didn't fix what they told you that was broken and, and you fix what you what your service advisor thought was broken and you just have troubles. You just have problems all day long and it makes you mad, makes you angry. And so you leave and you go find another job. Let's say you're going to work as a building maintenance person or in a, you know, a building or a power plant somewhere or anything like that. And they just tell you, Hey, show up eight to five, boom, hour lunch. And all you got to do is make sure that everything just keeps working fine and maybe do a little maintenance and stuff. Are they going to break your chops? No, something breaks. It's not your fault. How the fuck can it be your fault? You're the guy there to fix it. Holy shit. Really? What a fucking concept. All right. So don't think for one second that as an auto mechanic, your skills don't transfer. If you're a problem solver, that's the most important skill to have. If you're a problem solver, you know that it's sometimes you have to learn about something before you can figure out how it works and then figure out why it doesn't. We do that all the time. We do that all the time. You can do that for any system in a fucking house, in a large building, an office building, a warehouse, anywhere. doesn't matter. HVAC, same thing. You can figure out how it works. It's not too tough. You already did it once. You know what? Really, 
I, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to talk about tonight and, and I ended up babbling on and on and on for an hour and a half about really being angry and what's good and what's bad about our jobs. Don't let your job make angry. If it makes you angry a lot, then you need to reevaluate what job you do and, or whether or not you like the one you have, because I, I think it's, it's awesome being an auto mechanic. I don't have any problem with it. I've always had passion for the job. If you don't have passion for the job and you just need a job for money, you certainly don't need to, to torture yourself being an auto mechanic for the rest of your life. You can torture yourself being anything you want. <laughs> All right. Hopefully that message got through to you. I called it twist and shout because what happens to me, what happens to your Uncle Jimmy is when he twists bolts and they strip, he shouts. So that's why it's called twist and shout. Just trying to keep with the Beatles theme, you know. All right. All right. That's it for your Uncle Jimmy. It's time to say see ya.